This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Hi, everyone. Welcome to another episode of When the Scriptures Become Real. Again, it's a podcast where we learn, where we study, where we grow. Uh, where we try to become the best versions of ourselves as we can as we continue to serve our Lord. Again, if you're new to the podcast, uh, you can find it anywhere you can get your podcast, whether it's Spotify, um, iHeartRadio, iTunes, wherever you can find uh, your podcast, you can find when the scriptures become real. Uh, you can also find the podcast on YouTube where you can watch the video portion there. Um, and you can find the podcast on uh, Instagram, just looking up my name, Jordan underscore uh, Anthony underscore Pew. And then also on Facebook, just look up my name, Jordan Pew. P-U-G-H, and you'll find it there, and you can like and share and, and subscribe on all of those other platforms. Uh, so today's podcast is actually a request from a listener. Um, uh, her name is Anastasia, right? When I saw it, I was like, oh, Anastasia, sounds like, a, uh, sounds like a Disney princess name, right? We got to go save Anastasia. <laughs> That's pretty cool. So I, I'm thankful that, uh, uh, that Anastasia is listening. She actually was referred to this podcast um, by a friend of hers. So if I knew her friend's name, I would, um, shout out her friend, but thank you for listening, uh, as well too. And, and hopefully we can continue to learn and study together. And so what, uh, was requested was the topic of how not to get distracted from the world, how not to get distracted from the world. That's such a good topic, such a good topic, especially for, for Christian people. We want to understand how can we be in this world, but not be of the world, right? And so we want to look at some concepts today of how we can not get distracted from the world being Christians, okay? So let's, let's kind of start this first. So I think before we get into um, kind of some text and some, and some main principles from the scripture, we need to understand a, uh, a few things here. So I think we really need to understand what a distraction is, right? We need to understand what a distraction is. And so the, the dictionary describes distraction as a thing that prevents someone from giving full attention to something else, right? A thing that prevents someone from giving full attention to something else. And so we got to think about some things. Well, what can be distracting um, as a Christian? Uh, work can right? In certain situations, work can be distracting because work can become what we do rather than, uh, you know, something to help support us. Uh, recreation, right? That can be a distraction. You know, whether it's, you know, whether it's sports or whether it's doing what I want to do or, or whether it's just having fun all the time, that can, that can potentially be a distraction. Uh, in some cases, your friends can be a distraction, you know, uh, why don't you do this with us? How come you're always this? How come you're never with us? That can be a distraction as well. And that ultimately, sin can be a distraction. And so many things fall under uh, that umbrella. But how do I stay focused, right? As a Christian, we need to ask ourselves that question. How do I stay focused during all of these distractions that's around me 
um, as a Christian person. And so I want to reference, we're not going to read it, but I'm just going to reference this article um, written by Kansas State University, and it talked about focusing on concentration. And what we're going to do is we're going to take some, um, some principles and points from that, but we're going to twist that with some when the scriptures become real sauce, right? And we're going we're gonna to put it and use some, some biblical uh, principles and examples with it, okay? So, so the first thing here, how not to get distracted from the world. Number one, if you're a Christian, how not to get distracted from the world, the first solution is to be in the now, be here now. Well, what are you talking about, be here now? Remember, what's the definition of distraction? When you give full attention to something else, right? So it, it keeps you away from what's actually in front of you. Have you ever thought about that before? That's really what a distraction is. It takes you out of the present and either puts you in one of two places. It puts you in the near or far past, or it puts you in the near or far future. But either way, it takes you from the present. And so let's open up our Bibles here. And again, if you're new to the podcast, you know, this is what we do here, right? We open up the Bible and we let the Bible speak for itself, you know, instead of my opinions or, you know, my experiences or anybody else's experiences, the Bible is the best solution for everything, right? And so that's what we're going to use. So let's open up our Bibles to Matthew chapter six. Okay. And I'll open up here with you, Matthew chapter six, and we're going to look at this principle in uh, verse number 34, Matthew chapter six, verse 34. Now, again, what's our point? What are we talking about? We're talking about how not to get distracted from the world. And as Christians, as you and I both know, that it's very, very easy to get distracted. And so what's the first thing to prevent distraction? Be present. Be in the here. Be in the now. So look at this verse. Look at the principle here. Verse 34. Take therefore no thought for the morrow, for the morrow shall take thought for the things of itself. Sufficient unto the day is the evil thereof. So is Jesus saying here in Matthew chapter 6 that as Christian people, that Jesus is saying that you shouldn't care about the future? Absolutely not. Is Jesus saying that you shouldn't care about certain things that haven't happened yet? No, he's not saying that. But what is the principle that Jesus is trying to teach us here? Remember, what are we talking about? We're talking about how do I avoid or how do I stop getting distracted from the things of the world? Number one, be here. So according to Jesus, well, how do I stay in the moment? How do I stay here? The first thing he says is take no thought for tomorrow. Now, we need to understand what that means. According to the text, this is why he says take no thought for tomorrow because according to the text, there's always two things that happens each day that you and I are on this earth. Two things are always going to be a thousand trillion gazillion skillion percent uh, accurate. This is always going to happen every day. Number one, each day always comes with its own trouble. Each day always comes with its own trouble. But then number two, each day also comes with God's provision. Because remember, if you jump up to verse number 33, before Jesus says, 
take no thought for tomorrow. What's the principle he says in verse 33? But seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And then what does he say? Then all these things shall be added unto you. If you read through the text from verse 25 to verse 34, what is included specifically in terms of context when Jesus says all these things? Clothes, food, care, provision, protection, everything he talks about from verses 25 to 34. So as a Christian person, how do I stay in the here and now? Number one, you need to understand that today, the day I'm living in, the moment I'm living in, has its own problems, and I need to think about those today. I'm not going to think about tomorrow's problems. Why? Because guess what? Tomorrow has its own problems. But tomorrow has its own provision or protection and care from the Lord just like today does. So Jesus is saying here, he's saying, so think about how pointless it is to sit here from day to day and worrying about what's going to happen next week or next month or next year or the next few years when he's saying that's not even here yet. He's saying here, look, you need to focus on the problems of today. You need to focus on the problems of today. And also you need to look at the provision that I'm providing you today. And then when tomorrow gets here, then guess what you do? The same thing. So here's the question. So if both things are consistent, in terms of every single day comes with its own set of problems, but every single day also comes with God's provision and protection of you. Why am I worrying about tomorrow? This is why the principle is focus on today. Have you ever noticed like when you find yourself worrying, at least for me, I can't talk for anybody else, but at least for me, when I find myself worrying, it's always about the future. It's always most times about what hasn't happened yet. Have you, you know, you, you know what I'm talking about? Maybe sometimes it's the past and, and that pops up every once in a while, but most times it's about what I don't know yet. And so Jesus is saying here, why are you expending your mind thinking about what hasn't happened yet? Because guess what happens? So we end up hurting ourselves because number one, we focus too much on the future and in focusing too much on the future, then we let go of today's problems that we need to solve today. And so think about this. Think about this principle. So in Matthew chapter 6, the same text, look at verse uh, 10 and 11. Now remember, Jesus teaches them how to pray before he teaches on how to worry. So look at Matthew chapter 6 and start in verse 10. And notice Jesus gives them the same principle he's about to give them at the end of the chapter. So watch how he starts the Lord's Prayer. He says, thy kingdom come, verse 10, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Watch verse 11. Give us, what's the next words? This day. Does it say give us tomorrows? Does it say give us next weeks? Does it say give us next years? What is the principle that Jesus is trying to lay in the Lord's Prayer? think about today. What does he say in verse 11? Give us what day? Give us this day our daily bread. And then notice, give us this day our daily bread. Oh, so wait a second. 
So first of all, he says he focuses on the specific day, but then watch how he gives an example of provision. So what does God give us daily? Provision, care, protection. So if the Lord is consistent every day, why am I sitting here worrying about what hasn't happened yet? And so think about this. So how can this be possible? So how is it possible that the Lord can say, don't worry? How is it possible that the Lord can say, be present? How is it possible that the Lord can say, don't worry about tomorrow? Because look at this. Go to Hebrews chapter 13. Hebrews chapter 13, and keep your finger there in, in, uh, in Matthew. But go to Hebrews chapter 13, verse number, verse number 8. Now notice, who's talking in Matthew chapter 6? In my Bible, all those words are read. So when words are in red in Scripture, who's talking? Jesus is talking, right? So then Hebrews chapter 13, verse number 8, look at who's consistent. Jesus Christ, the same, the same person who, who uh, talked about in Matthew chapter 6, Jesus Christ, what is he? He's the same yesterday and today and forever. And so this is why Jesus can say in verse 33, don't think about tomorrow. Because if you're a Christian, then you follow me and I'm consistent in the past. I'm consistent for your problems today, and I'm going to be consistent for you in the future. So instead of worrying about how things are going to work out, he says, you need to have more faith. You need to trust me more because Jesus is consistent. And so remember, according to uh, Hebrews chapter 11, verse 1, what is faith? Now, faith is the substance of things hoped for. I can't see it. I don't know about it. And I don't know if it's going to happen. Now, faith is the substance of the things hoped for, but the evidence of things not seen. And so how does faith come? How do I develop faith? Romans ten seventeen. So then faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. You know, for me personally, um, when I find myself distracted, it's during those months not, not really months, it's during those days and those weeks where I'm not in the Word as much as I should have been. Then I find myself getting distracted because how is faith going to come? Faith comes by reading what? It says, now faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. And so how do I not be distracted? Well, number one, be here now, be present. And so have you noticed when we get distracted, right, we get distracted for three reasons. Number one, we get distracted for what we don't have now. We get distracted for what we can't see now. And we get distracted for what we want now. You, have you ever read? That's crazy, isn't it? Number one, we get distracted for what we don't have now. Oh, well, Lord, I don't have the money that I need now. I don't have the food that I, that I need now. I don't have the clothes that I need now. I don't have the relationships I need now. I don't have. Then number two, we get distracted for what we can't see now. Oh, Lord, I'm always going to be in this position. I'm always going to be working this dead-end job. I'm always going to be at this single stage of life. I'm always going to be at this terrible stage of life. 
Then number three, we get distracted for what we want now. Well, Lord, I don't want to do all this work. I want to have success now. I want to have the success that I see everybody else having. I don't want to trust this process. I want the success now. Do you see how we do this to ourselves? And so a lot of times, and I get it for sure, I understand, a lot of times uh, we do tend to blame other things and other situations. But if you really look at yourself, then guess who becomes the biggest distraction? Those things may be avenues to help you become distracted, but who allows the distraction to actually become a problem? Me or you. Because what does Jesus say in Matthew chapter 6? As an individual that is going through certain problems, take no thought for tomorrow. As an individual going through certain problems, seek ye first the kingdom of God. And so, yes, it's very easy to say, well, uh, you know, I can blame my situation. I can blame what I don't have now. Yes, it's, it's easy to do that. But at the same time, you need to question and I need to question my faith. How can my faith get stronger during this? Right. How can I grow during this? How can I be present and just focus on today's problems? Right. Because Jesus is consistent. He's always going to help me. Now, he may not help me in the way that I deem necessary. Right. So I heard this example before. One of my teachers, one of my instructors, he said, you know, the Lord said that he would provide. Right. That if you seek first the kingdom of God that he would provide, you know, he used the example of food, of raiment, of clothing, all that stuff, right? So this people have this, this false prosperity mindset when it comes to Matthew chapter 6. So they think, well, I'm seeking first the kingdom. I'm doing everything the Lord wants me to do. So how come I'm not eating the way that I want to eat? So one of my instructors said, so the Lord might not provide you steak and potatoes, he might provide you, uh, might provide you pork and beans, but is that provision? Yes. He may not provide you with with Nike and Gucci. He may provide you with Walmart specials, but is that provision? Yes. And so we need to understand and be thankful for when the Lord actually provides us things, right? And so be in the here and be in the now. So how do I not get distracted from the world as a Christian? Be present. Be in the here and be in the now. Then number two, how do I not get distracted from the world? We need to understand who the distraction really is. Right? We really need to understand who the distraction is. Well, what are you, what are you talking about who the distraction is? Think about this example. You guys ever seen or been caught in one of those giant spider web, spider webs. And so maybe you're walking, uh, you know, maybe you're walking down the street or like walking under a tree or something in the summer and you can't see it. And then that spider web just catches you and it's kind of engulfing all in your face. And so here's this example. Here's what a spider will do. So when a spider is actually on that web, if something vibrates um, that web when the spider's on it, what the spider will do is a spider will always react to the vibration. So if you're, if you're mowing the lawn and the spider's on the spider web and the cause of that, uh, that shaking is the lawnmower, the spider will go all around the web trying to find the problem. What's, what's making my web shake? 
And this happens several times with the spider. So it happens day after day after day. But then finally, the spider finally realizes that there is no threat. And so what the spider actually actually does is the spider actually trains its mind to understand what a distraction is and what a real problem is. So if there's a bird or something that comes and flies to try to eat the spider, now he understands that's a problem. But when he sees that his web is shaking, then he realizes maybe that's not a problem. That's a distraction. And so we need to understand two things as a Christian. Number one, we need to understand what a distraction is. But then number two, we need to understand what a problem is. So how do I not get distracted from the world? Understand the difference between a distraction and a problem. So you got to think about this from the beginning. Satan forms a distraction, right? Go to Genesis chapter three. And we want to look at this. I mean, Satan is, I mean, you can tell how uh, diabolical this dude was or is, right? So remember in Genesis two, right? God gives the command that they, that they have the ability to eat of every tree, but do not touch or eat of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, right? Don't, don't touch that, but everything else, you can eat, right? And so watch how Satan, before the problem of sin comes in, Satan becomes a distraction. Look at this. Look at verse uh, verse number one of chapter three. Now the serpent was more subtle than any beast of the field which the Lord had made. And he said to the woman, yea, hath God said that you should not eat of every tree of the garden? So you know that this is the question that Satan asked. Satan asked Eve, is it true that God has restricted you in using the fruits of all of this, this delightful place? And so essentially Satan saying here, did God say you can't eat this? Wait, so what is that? That's a distraction. And so Satan used a distraction in the form of a question. Did God say that you can't eat of every every tree? But what did God say? You can eat of every tree, but one. So now Satan poses a distraction for Eve. Then here comes the problem, verse 4. And the serpent said unto the woman, ye shall not surely die. You see, Satan changed one word that God said. God said, if you eat of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, you will surely die. What it's Satan, he just answered one little word. You shall, what's the next word? You will not surely die. So you understand how Satan had to distract Eve's mind in verse number one. And then when his, when her mind was distracted, then guess what that made Eve do? It made Eve question who? It made Eve question God. So guess what Satan does for us today? Why is Matthew chapter 6 so hard for us to live as Christians? Because Satan has distracted us. And didn't God say in Matthew 6, if you seek first the kingdom of God in verse 33, that he will always take care of us, all these things will be added unto you, food, raiment, clothing, all of that other stuff, provision, like the flowers and the lilies of the field, all of that will be provided for you. But what does Satan do? 
he does the same thing to us as he did to Eve in chapter three. He poses a question. Ah, uh, is God really going to help you? Does God really care about your, about your life? Does God really care about your situation? And so when Satan poses that question, then guess what that takes our mind? It takes it off of God and it takes our minds off of today. And then we start to question God. Well, I, I really haven't been able to wear anything nice. I mean, I have clothes, but maybe God just hasn't taken care of me. Then guess what we end up doing? Then we end up sinning against the Lord, just like Adam and Eve did. So do you see why we need to understand what the difference between a distraction and a legitimate problem is? And so think about this, guys. Let, let's make some application for us. So what are some examples of distractions and problems? So think about this. Has, has anybody ever told you, well, everybody else is doing fill in the blank? How come you don't do it? Is that a problem or is that a distraction? That's a distraction. And that becomes a problem when you act on the question. Then number two, think about this. Well, Jordan, this is what everybody thinks of you now. Is that a problem or is that a distraction? That's a distraction. Or what about this? If you looked or dressed like everybody else, if you looked and dressed like us, you would be accepted. You would be seen as beautiful. You would be seen as this. Is that a, is that a real problem? Or is that a distraction that can lead to a problem? It's a distraction. Well, what about this? Well, Jordan, um, why are you still single? All of your other friends, um, they're with someone. So why are you making it so hard when it worked for all of your friends? So what's wrong with you then? Is that a problem or is that a distraction? It's a distraction. Or, or what about this one? You make it so, you know, because you're a Christian, you make life harder for yourself. You know, you need to learn to live a little. You need to learn to, uh, to let your hair down a little. You need to learn to just live life. Is that a problem or is it a distraction? You see, remember that example of the spider that we used? You see, all of these questions that we just asked, guess what they are? They try to vibrate you to move and to act. But just like the spider, guess what you and I need to learn how to do? Train our minds when people say this stupid stuff. Just let it shake. Let it shake. And eventually, guess what's going to stop? The vibration. So instead of acting on, well, why are you still single? All your other friends are married. All your other friends are doing this. Why are you making it so hard? So instead of going out there and doing it because everyone else is doing it, hang back. All of these things, we need to understand what a distraction is and what a legitimate problem is. You see, this is what happens, guys. Those questions that we just asked, what people say about you, what people say about me, when you listen to distractions and when you act on those, guess what those distractions become? then they become problems. 
And so if you really think about it, all a legitimate problem is, is your reaction to somebody else's distraction. <laughs> That's kind of crazy, isn't it? All a legitimate problem really is, is your reaction to somebody else's distraction. So in Genesis chapter three, if Eve would have continued to follow after God's law instead of Satan's question, then what wouldn't have happened? The problem of sin. So when you and I listen to what everybody else says about what we should be doing, whether it's Christian people or whether it's non-Christian people, well, Jordan, you need to be doing this. Well, Jordan, this is how people see you now. Well, Jordan, this is, instead of doing it just because they said something, leave it alone. And that's where faith comes in in Matthew chapter 6. And so all a problem really is, is a bad reaction to somebody else's distraction. And so my, my thing is, especially when it comes to these questions, and we could have we could have went on a list of like, a trillion questions that people have said instead of listening to those things increase your faith increase your faith yeah everybody else that you know in your circle may be married and that's great and you should be 100% happy for them but at the same time you need to wait for what the Lord has for you well, you're almost, you're almost 30, and I know people that are, you know, 18, 19, 20, 21 that's been married, and they're, they're, they're doing it, uh, you know, they're uh, having a great life. So why are you making things so hard? Why are you being so difficult? Why are you being so picky? Why are you being so – guess what, what all that is? It's a distraction. And so you need to learn how to train your mind, and when people say stupid stuff like that to you about anything, not just about – singleness but about what you're not doing how come you're not wearing clothes like us how come you're always trying to be so modest how come you're always trying to those are all distractions to try to get you to react and then guess what guess what's going to happen when you react to those people's distractions then there's always going to be a problem there's always going to be a problem and so learn to understand and learn to train your mind to really see is this a distraction to get me to listen to this problem or is it a legitimate problem I need to worry about? And so how do I not get distracted in this world? Number one, be present, right? Matthew chapter six, focus on today, focus on what's in front of you, focus on, on what's on your plate in front of you. You can't worry about tomorrow. Focus on what's on your plate now. Then number two, understand and train your mind to understand what's a real distraction and what's a real problem. And then number three, how do I not get distracted from the world? Uh, again, remember I mentioned that, that article um, written by Kansas State University on focus. It talked about um, one way to stay focused is to, um, is to take time and to set a specific time to think about your worries and your problems. I'm going to switch that. And I'm going to say in order to not get distracted, set a specific time and a specific uh, period of your day to pray about specifically your worries. And that's it. 
And so, you know, you think about first Peter chapter five, right? First Peter chapter five, verse seven, when it talks about casting all of your care upon the Lord because he cares for you, you know, he really wants to understand what's going on in your life. You know, he wants to understand, you know, why you may feel lonely or why you may feel like the only one or why you may feel whatever you're feeling at the moment. He wants to understand that. So it says to cast all of your care upon him. Why? Because he cares for you. And so I'm, this is just, this is not, um, this is just my personal advice, what I'm about to say. Um, for me personally, as a uh, preacher of the gospel, I am 100% open to talking to people about their personal problems, about their issues. And when they bring those things to me, I try to help as best as I can through my prayers for them and through uh, the reading of the scripture with them. But my advice when you go through certain things in life is not necessarily to vent. So, and, and again, this is my personal, personal opinion. I'm not a venter, right? So if I'm going through something in my life, I'm not going to call my best Christian friend and talk to them on the phone for three hours. I'm just not, that's just not the type of dude that I'm not a venter. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm not going to vent and unload on somebody. Like, that's just not what, that's not my thing. And so when things happen, um, I want to learn how to run to God rather than pick up the phone and run to someone else. Does that make sense? And I'm not saying that we shouldn't help each other with our problems because the Lord put Christian people here to help to encourage one another. And I'm not saying that I haven't called and asked for somebody's prayers because I have, but there's a difference between calling somebody and said, Hey, um, can you pray for me about this? And then I just leave it at that. You know, I don't go into to detail about how things went down. I just say, Hey, can you just pray for me about this? And then I unload on God. You see, I think we get it mixed up. I think we unload on Christian people and then tell God the small version of it, the cliff notes. We need to switch that up. Give Christian people the cliff notes version and then unload on God. Because remember, God wants to, because if you really, really think about it, when you unload on another person, how much can they legitimately help you? They can by being a listening ear. And that's wonderful. That's a wonderful thing to be, to be a great listener. But in terms of, and I think about this guys, I think about the book of Jeremiah when, when God told Jeremiah, look, I've known you since before you were, I've known you since you were in the womb. I know all the hairs on your head. I know every fiber about you. So if God knows every fiber about my being, why am I going to unload to my Christian brothers and sisters who can't really help me the way that God can? Does that make sense? And so I'm not saying when you need prayer that you shouldn't ask for prayer. 
I'm not saying that when you need encouragement that you shouldn't ask for encouragement because people take these things and they make them extremes. Well, Jordan said you can't. No. Take those things and encourage one another. Pray for one another. Right? Open up the scripture, study with one another. That's what the Lord put us here for. But I'm not going to unload my personal problems and my distractions on you. I'm going to unload on God. And then after I unload on God, then guess where I go? For then faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Romans ten seventeen. And so I think some people say, well, you know, I never really hear from Jordan anymore. I don't, I don't hear from, you know, I'm not going to sit here and unload on, on Christian people. Now, when I ask for prayers, I'll say, hey, can you pray for me about this? I'm thinking about this. I'm, I'm thinking about making a move. Um, I'm thinking about doing this in my life. And then I'll leave it at that and ask them to pray for me. But other than that, I'm giving, I'm giving detail to God. And so how do I not get distracted? Set a time to pray about those things that distract you to God. Remember, even in the book of Matthew, right? Remember when the uh, the Pharisees and the Sadducees, where they were praying out in the open and they were praying with uh, disfigured faces and they were fasting and they wanted everybody to see how spiritual they were. Oh, Lord, I'm going through this problem. Oh, Lord, I'm, I'm going through this issue and I want you to help me in front of everybody so everybody could see how, and I've got quotations up, how pious they were. And Jesus said, look, I want you to go to me in secret. Open up your closet and pray to me in there. Pray to me one-on-one. Develop that relationship with me. Don't, don't do it outwardly to where people can see and, oh, look at Jordan. He's doing all. Bro, just go on your, pray to the Lord. And your relationship with the Lord, everybody doesn't have to know. You know, uh, the military, and, and mom always told me this. You know, the military always says, say things on a need-to-know basis. Just because, and even if a Christian person asks you a question, I don't have to answer it because you asked me. I will let you know on a need-to-know basis. So if you need to know this, I'll, I'll tell you. But if you don't, I'm not. Need-to-know basis, but tell the Lord everything. And so, you know, when we do these things, you'll really start to understand, man, all of these distractions that I felt at one time that were, that at once had so much power over me, had so much uh, power on my mind and all my thoughts and on the way that I moved, all of those became distractions. And this is where maturity comes in and this is where self-reflection comes in. All of these things became distractions because I let them. I let what people said become a distraction. People are always going to talk. People are always going to say, well, Jordan's this and this and this. They'll always say something. But at the same time, you got to understand what a distraction is and what a problem is. And so you think about all of these distractions, we make them problems because I reacted to them. And I reacted to them in the wrong way. So learn to train yourself to understand what a distraction is 
and then what a problem is. And so how not to get distracted as a Christian in this world, it's going to take work, right? It doesn't, you know, these things in terms of sin and temptation and, and what people say and, and people's opinions, that's never going to go away, right? So that's always going to be a part of your life. And like, like, uh, like it's mentioned in Matthew chapter six, each day is going to come with its own problem, right? Today, some people might say this about you. Tomorrow, they'll say this. The next week, they'll say this. You do something the next year, though. So something's always going to happen. Each day comes with its own problems. But also, each day comes with, its, with God's protection. And so you just have to have faith that the Lord's going to help you get through those things. One last thing, and I know I've said this before in, a, uh, in an earlier podcast, but there's, a, uh, there's an example of two birds in the park. And these birds are on top of a tree and they see a, a, a young man coming to a park bench. And the young man sits at the park bench every day. And what he does every day is he sits there and he mopes about his life. He sits there and he, uh, he talks about how bad his life is. He sits there and, and talks about how he wishes things could be different. But what the birds say is every day they sit here and watch this dude mope and complain and, and get so angry about his life. And this guy is saying this in the form of a prayer. So apparently the birds are like, well, this, this has got to be a Christian guy. And so these birds one day, um, as they see this guy walk away, they say, man, I just, I just don't want to know what it feels like to be him. And one of the other birds said, well, I guess he doesn't serve the same master that we do. Because doesn't the Bible say in Matthew 6 that God always takes care of the birds and the flowers of the field? So do the birds worry about where their food's coming from? Do they worry about where they're going to live? Do they worry about all these other things? And so that's why one of the birds said, well, I feel sorry for him because I guess he doesn't serve the same God as we do. My encouragement to you guys is, number one, understand understand who you serve. And also understand that since the distractions are always going to be here, all a distraction really is is an opportunity for you to test your faith to see how much you trust God. That's what a problem is. It's an opportunity for you to see how much you trust in God. And I hope that uh, this podcast was able to help you. Anastasia, I hope this was able to help. Um, again, if you guys, listeners, you know, if you have any, um, any topics that you would like study, again, I would love to hear from you guys. Again, uh, you can find the podcast on on Spotify, iTunes, anywhere you can get your your uh, your podcast. You can find me on on Facebook, on Instagram, and also leave a review on uh, on iTunes too. I appreciate it and see if we can we can uh, continue to get better. All right, so I appreciate you guys so much. We'll be back, um, Lord willing, next week. Uh, hopefully, you guys continue to learn and to study and to grow, and we can continue to be the best versions of ourselves as we can for the Lord. Thanks guys.